And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey everybody, what's up and welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast, the last Thursday of the year in which we will not have football unless there's you know that one at the very end of the year but maybe that'll be in 2022 already I don't know the point is we're a week away from the start of the season and we are very excited here at the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast Michael Beller, Jake Seeley and Brandon Funston with you guys we talked about this uh, earlier on a mo- earlier in the week on Monday I mean uh, some drafts coming up Jake have you had any drafts between then and now no, I, I told you, I said it on the last show, and Brandon asked me the same question. <laughs> I, I told you, nobody nobody listens to me. I said, no, I'm done. I don't have any drafts for the last week of the season, any year, because I, I don't, we don't have time for it. I don't know how you guys have time for it. Oh, you got to make time. Completely. I totally, yeah, I totally missed that on Monday, that you're done completely. You still have, you've had, you, you had one last night, Brandon, right? I had one last night, one of my two, uh, you know, local leagues that we do live drafts, so yeah, it was... We uh, we have no shot clock on that one, so that one went about three and a half hours for a for a normal snake draft. So. <laughs> I would have done but, that here. <laughs> yeah, and then we got one on Monday. We always do one on Labor Day. Uh, we golf in the morning, and then we we draft to the conference room at the golf you know um, at the golf course right. afterwards. So that's Fancy. great. Yeah, it's a good time. Very, yeah, very fancy, very nice. I've got one of those on uh, on Saturday, Brandon. A uh, in person. Long time, long standing, good friends league, no shot clock. It typically takes us like <laughs> four to four and a half hours. So, uh, but you know, we're having fun. We're getting together. The draft is, you know, ju- just being hanging out and having the day together. I, I can see Saturday. Everybody's like, you know, Labor Day. That's not what I want to do on Labor Day. Tuesdays and Wednesdays, like, I'm too, we're too busy. We, we're, we are too busy yeah. doing stuff for the articles in the season and stuff like that. So maybe the Saturday, I'll give you a pass for Saturday. Busting on <laughs> Thank Monday, you very you're much. drunk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we are. Yeah. We are because True this story. is already at at uh, <laughs> at uh, at ten a.m. Central Time. This is my third podcast of the day, so I think I would have trouble uh, doing doing that on a weekday. But Saturday, that's a day for a draft, and today, Thursday, a day for the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. And here's what we're going to do for you today. We've done basically everything. We've talked through the preseason news. You know who we like. You know our sleepers, our busts, our breakouts, guys like that. So today. One week out from the start of the season, we are going to give you bold predictions across the fantasy football landscape. We got five apiece coming from each of us. We'll talk about them. We'll make fun of each other. We'll have some fun with them, and then we'll get out of here. I'm going to start with what was my favorite. When I, I asked Jake and Brandon for these uh, for these predictions yesterday, and they sent them along, and you know some of them made me really happy. And Jake, you actually, I guess they made me happy and not happy because Jake, you actually took two guys who I wanted to have predictions about, but, you know, I defer to my co-hosts. I let you guys have first crack at it, and then I fill in the blanks elsewhere. And so the one that really made me smile, coming from Jake, Rondale Moore, a top 25 wide receiver and the best rookie wide receiver. I mean, I'm I'm there with you. I don't even need to hear the case, but let's hear the case, Jake. 
Well, it's, let's be clear about some things because, like, you know, it's bold predictions and everybody has bold predictions on sites everywhere. So, like, you know, we could just throw out stuff. I could be like, Rondell Moore's a top five wide receiver. Done. We're, you know, like, we want to get some context yeah, behind it. Would it would be so bold. The, I, 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 I like to call them bold, but somewhat believable, right? Well, like, so bold and believable. Believable, believable like but like also that. the context of how it happens. Like, Obviously, uh-huh. Rondell Moore being a top 25 wide receiver is not within the most likely of outcomes, but this is how it happens. Is what we've, one, already seen so far is that A.J. Green does look like he's past his prime. He doesn't look like pre-injury A.J. Green. A lot of people are speculating whether or not he had given up and just didn't want to play for the Bengals anymore. He doesn't look that great so far. Uh, you also look at the fact that Christian Kirk hasn't been able to stay healthy. And then if A.J. Green's not on the field, where has Kirk been playing? Back outside where he doesn't succeed as well. And Rondell Moore is getting those slot options. Also, if you look at, let's say, talent. Let's just say talent of Moore versus Kirk versus A.J. Green. Obviously, if A.J. Green was at his prime, I would take A.J. Green overall at period. Not even close. But if you're telling me today who looks the best... It's Rondell Moore, and they're trying to manufacture touches for him. So this is how it happens, is he steps into the scenario where he is already the number two day one for the Cardinals. And in that case, if you look at the rest of Jamar Chase, possibly being the number three to start the season, you go down the list, Devontae Smith we still like, but Devontae Smith is battling with Jalen Rager, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz for options. So no wide receiver really hits the top 30 except for Rondell Moore because he's in a great offense and a great situation and his talent wins out. I like all these rookie wide receivers to varying degrees, but this is how he ends up being the best rookie wide receiver. It's yeah, a plausible, yeah. It's definitely a plausible path, right? I mean, it certainly is, especially with what this Arizona offense is. Brandon, you can take this away. No, I mean, I think, you know, when we get to my, it's kind of the same deal. There has to be some, you know, some things, some dominoes that fall that make it happen. But, you know, look, you could see their their kind of intentions with him is to just manufacture ways to get him the ball all the time. I mean, it just mm-hmm. it's just you get that feeling. It's almost palpable that they are that is he's at the forefront of their mind in this offense that we are going to make sure that Rondell Moore gets his touches. So I think they're not going to, you know, they're not going to. They're going to be do. They're going to be pressing that issue for a while. <laughs> is is the way I feel yeah. about that. So we'll see how that plays out. But I worry most about his health, you know, because he hasn't been a guy that's been able to stay healthy. But if he stays healthy, should be a fun ride. Brandon, you've got a rookie wide receiver prediction as well. A top rookie wide receiver against a deep class, and neither of the guys you're going for were guys who were selected toward the top of the draft. That's what makes these bold but believable. Who you got, Brandon? Yeah, and, and, you know, fantasy value of rookie receivers doesn't always go in the order in which they were selected in the NFL draft. I mean, Henry Ruggs and and Jerry Judy are, you know, they're kind of representative of that when you had Chase Claypool and Justin Jefferson, you know, being the top guys last year. I, I think, you know, the way it stands right now, this is a Carolina offense, and, and Terrace Marshall is, is my guy that I'm, I'm talking about here. Terrace Marshall is the number three wide receiver there. Yes, Curtis Samuel was a was a top twenty five receiver last year with Teddy Bridgewater. I still think that probably what has to happen is there needs to be a little bit of an injury with Christian McCaffrey back. He's going to demand more touches as well. I think if you know Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore is out for any period of time, I think Terrace Marshall can really step up, and it might just be like he he doesn't look back at a certain point because I love the talent, and even if he is the number three, I think he's still going to have fancy viability. But if any anybody were to kind of fall in front of him i think it's just it's, it's just takeoff time for terrace yes and I, I, I think there's good reason to believe in that offense too 
Yeah, that's the thing. Well, so we're also trusting that Sam Darnold can be at least Teddy Bridgewater, which is conceivable. But um, yeah. I, I think this is similar, but not quite as and I'm not trying to poo poo on Brandon's because these are bold predictions. But like the difference of like why I don't I don't yeah. I know you did it. I, you know what you did, Jake. I know I did it on purpose. I, like that's <laughs> I was seeing if he's going to say anything. Uh, so, but no, I actually do want to print it out and actually dump on it. I uh, just so I can do that. Uh, but really, what it comes down to is, I, I I do think this is intriguing. I think it definitely involves an injury, and that's where like I would go with more mm-hmm. over Marshall for my scenario, is because I don't need an injury because I think we've already got that in front of us of like the uh, like the 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 opportunity is already there. I agree with Brandon. Like if an injury happens, sure, but it's mostly like Christian McCaffrey's already back, so at best case scenario, he becomes the number two and takes over DJ Moore. Or maybe DJ Moore is the one that get hurt. But I would love to see it happen. I'm a huge Terrace Marshall guy. I said in the draft process that he's one of the most innately gifted wide receivers in this draft class. He just is lazy mm-hmm. because he was so much better than everybody else in college. And he kind of let people get on top of him. But the talent is definitively there. I, I, I snatched him up in a lot of stash keeper dynasty drafts just because of the talent alone. Before we get to a wide receiver prediction from me, let's get to a question from Sam Frieder watching us on YouTube. Better late round flyer, Rondale Moore or Brian Edwards? What say you, Jake? Both. <laughs> I really like, <laughs> no, I'm saying like where you're taking them, you could take Edwards and then Moore or depending on who you are in your draft because Moore is getting a little bit more st- like the the helium right now. Maybe you go more than Edwards. But if I had to pick one, I, I probably slightly lean Edwards just because he doesn't need like he's right now. He is the one and two with Henry Ruggs. Rondell Moore, if AJ Green is healthy, if Christian Kirk is healthy, is like that's what I was talking about with my actually downplaying my pick a little bit is that there's uh-huh. still a lot of more. There's more options in Arizona than there are in uh, Las Vegas. I almost said Oakland. Brandon. Oh, you want me to weigh in on that? I'm going Rondell Moore. Um, I just, you know, I just, there's been a lot of talk about Brian Edwards. He just he did nothing his rookie season. I'm, I'm just out on the Raiders receivers. I will believe it when I see it, it with those guys. I, I, I more believe in Rondell Moore for the reasons I talked about that they're going to go out of their way to get him the ball. I, I don't know that Derek Carr, I just, I think Derek Carr is in love with Darren Waller and I, I don't know that. Um, just a lot of a lot of talk and hyperbole about Brian Edwards' talent and comparing him to like To and all the stuff that's come out. We're talking about a guy there, but so no, you still have seventy five percent of his attempts have to go somewhere that isn't Darren I just, Waller. I just have this feeling of deja vu with Brian Edwards because he got a little bit of sleep, he got a little bit of sleeper love last year, and then he was a complete yeah. non factor. And now we're getting the, the kind of the same thing. It's even more, and this will be the year, and he's getting a preseason and all that. And and I just am like I just don't think Derek Carr's you know what the in love with throwing is, to right? those guys. <laughs> why why does Brandon hate Brian Edwards? Yeah, I know. why does Brandon hate? We're gonna have a, a five part examination leading into Week One. Why does Brandon hate Brian Edwards on this show? I'm gonna throw out a wide receiver prediction. It's not a rookie. Uh, it is someone who we didn't see a ton of last year at the NFL level, however, and it's Cortland Sutton. And I think Cortland Sutton gets back to those 2019 ways and ultimately is a wide receiver one this season. Not drafting him as a wide receiver one. You certainly don't have to. Just because I think he can get there doesn't mean I'm taking him as a top 12 wide receiver. That would be bad drafting. But, you know, remember what he did in 2019 with some pretty poor quarterback play in Denver. 72 catches, 1,112 yards, and six touchdowns. Now, 
There's a much higher floor of quarterback competency in a Teddy Bridgewater as the starter for the Broncos. And I think that Cortland Sutton just picks up where he left off. And if I had any qualms about him, they were completely eased by what he did in that final preseason game. We talked about it earlier this week. Obviously, it wasn't huge numbers, but that doesn't matter. He was out there. He was doing everything we would expect from him. He was cutting on his knee. He looked healthy, and he looked like a guy who was totally confident in his knee and totally confident in his health. So I think he is the wide receiver one on that team, like Jerry Judy as well. We'll have Jerry Judy on teams, but I think Sutton is the number one option in that offense, in that passing game, and that he can get back to those ways in 2019, a little bit better quarterback play, punch his way into the top 12 at this position. So Cortland Sutton, for me, wide receiver one type of material. That is bold prediction number one from me. We're going to move right on to our second. We've got a group of running back predictions here. All three of us liking or maybe not liking so much some of these running backs. And, you know, this show, dating back to last year, has had Austin Eckler and Aaron Jones, almost at loggerheads with one another. I think all three of us like all th- both of those guys this year. But Jake, you've got an Eckler prediction. Brandon, you've got an Aaron Jones prediction. Let's hear yours, Jake. And just for the record, I wanted to make this exact prediction, and then you made it. So I am 100% on board with you. With Austin, <coughs> excuse me, Austin Eckler being a top five running back. Uh, yeah, this is very, 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 very simple. The easiest way this happens is he's already gotten close and just give him an Alvin Kamara workload in the rushing department, which is just an extra 25 to 35 carries. You give him extra 25, 35 carries, just as Alvin Kamara got that boost from his rookie season to his second season. And now you're talking about Mm -hmm. potentially finishing like Alvin Kamara did as RB2 or 3. So it just comes down to, does the new regime, now that Anthony Lynn is gone, do they give him that workload? That's that's all it is. If he gets that workload, boom, done. This is one of the easiest top fives there can be. If he's only who he has been, and it's 120 carries and the workload he gets in the passing game, oh, boo-hoo, he's still a top 10 running back. So mm-hmm. the, the floor is great, and the top five is more than doable. Yeah, don't disagree with that. The reason why he might not end up in the top five, though, is because of Aaron Jones uh, beating him to it. Uh, well, Aaron Jones has already been top five the last two years, and I think yes, Aaron yes. Jones is positioned for his best year yet. I would not be surprised if he finishes. I could be as bold as to say he finishes as the number one running back. I, they're paying him. Uh, he got paid. It, Jamal Williams is gone. My prediction is 65 catches. His previous high was 49. I'm basically only assuming that he kind of absorbs half of what Jamal Williams did in the passing game. I think it could be more than that. They've been a top eight team in terms of throwing the ball to the running backs, uh, running back receptions. Aaron Jones is really good at So I think that's going to be a huge part of his value this year. And a lot of people want to talk about A.J. Dillon maybe taking goal line carries. Aaron Jones has been one of the most efficient runners inside the five-yard line in the NFL over the last couple of years. So I don't think that's going to be a big thing. Um, A.J. Dillon will play, you know, a a big part of what Jamal Williams' role was, but not in the passing game is my bet. Yeah, I love, 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 love this prediction. I love both of these predictions. Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler are guys that I am targeting very strongly in every single draft. I want one of these guys on my team. I'll take both of these guys on my team. I love both of these guys. They are both inside my top Actually, that's not true. Eckler I have as my number six running back, even though I could see him being easily, obviously, a top five back. So they're both inside my top six. Aaron Jones comfortably so, and I think Aaron Jones should be viewed as a top three running back. I have him third on the board right now. And so what does that mean? Where do I go with this? I'm going to take things a little bit negative, you guys. Give me Derrick Henry not 
a top five running back this season. It's because of guys like Aaron Jones and Austin Eckler. They deserve to be there. And, and we talk about how deep wide receiver is at really every single stage of the draft. The top of the running back position is very, very competitive. And Derrick Henry, he certainly is there. But you look at Christian McCaffrey, you look at Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, I think, should be in that group. Ezekiel Elliott with a fully healthy Dak Prescott back on the field. I just think that there is room for a guy who has zero role in his team's passing game to not be a top five running back. Derrick Henry needs to do exactly what he's done as a runner and a runner only to be in the top five. Can he do it? He's done it a couple of years in a row. Of course he can do it, but I think that this is the year that things don't quite work out for him and you get a couple of other guys staying healthy. So give me all those guys. Give me McCaffrey over him. Give me Dalvin Cook over him. Give me Aaron Jones over him. Give me Alvin Kamara over him. Give me um, Ezekiel Elliott over him and Austin Eckler. I've got Derrick Henry as the RB7 right now outside the top five. Is that insane? What do you think, Jake? I think you're you're doing too many podcasts today already because <laughs> you, you're you're stir crazy over here. The only way Derrick Henry doesn't finish top five is if he gets hurt, and it's not going to be worn down hurt. It's going to be freak injury hurt because he's not a normal running back. He's not a normal human. So uh, I have zero concerns for everybody that talks about the workload. It's only been two years in a row because people forget for the first uh-huh. two years he wasn't even used like this. So I will go complete opposite and just you can make this one of the I'm sure if you're marked it down already and I listed this is too bold. So it's like you're, you, I'll give you odds. I'd even give you two to one odds that he still finishes inside the top five. Well, I think oh, I think man, what you said is everybody stays healthy and you get like McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott and Aaron Jones and all catching 50 to 70 passes and Austin Eckler gets to 80 and he stays healthy and Derrick Henry instead of 2,000 rushing yards has 1,500 and he catches 19 passes again and does nothing with them and instead of 17 touchdowns it's 12 like maybe he ends up you know RB6 or RB7, yeah. you know, but that would, yeah. it, you know, it would take a stars aligning kind of situation with the running backs, you know, that we're talking about. Just there. just for your to, to that point, the last two years, because I had this conversation, I already knew this one because we had this whole conversation on another thing where people were pushing back on the Derrick Henry being top five, even in PPR the last two years in points per game. He was RB4 and RB3 in full PPR, even with the how little he re- receives his passes. So that's yeah, that's my point. Are we? Are we do you, do you think we'll see like some Darrington Evans? Like, is there going to be a second no, running back that stop. plays any kind of a role? <laughs> the thing about Derrick Henry, and I always say, is like, does he need the rest? He's never no, hurt. This He's is, never hurt. No, you know? The backup running back Titans guy is in the top five of people trying to make things happen. Like Kristen Michael, Chris Herndon, the backup to Derrick Henry. <laughs> like these are all in the same. Like that, all these people are in the same yeah. conversation. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you guys. I'm there. I think that the, the the total lack of a role in the passing game is what pushes him out of the time. I'm not saying that Derrick Henry is going to suck. I'm obviously never predicting Clearly an injury for a player because how could we do that? <laughs> I just think that all these guys who do have major passing game roles are going to stay healthy and be better than him. Just be a little bit more productive and we're going to see an incredibly top-heavy year at the running back position. So that's where I go. Derrick Henry, not quite a top five running back. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, guys, let's move things over to the quarterback position. These are guys we've talked about a little bit this season, but now we're going to codify our thoughts about them into predictions. And let's start with you, Brandon. We've let Jake go first a couple of times here. So you're going you're going a little negative here with Kyler Murray. What do you got for us? Uh, I have that he is going to finish under 600 rushing yards, and he was over 800 last year, and he gets the extra game this year. Uh, as a rookie, he was in the 500 range. Um, I just think taking taking his comments, listening to him talk about it, and and reading other quotes about it, he was not happy with how much he ran last year. And obviously, he paid a little bit of a price for it, and wasn't the same quarterback down the stretch because he was injured. But you know, some some quarterbacks say it, it, it sounds like lip service, and you know they're still going to run. I actually think Kyler Murray was not happy with the fact that so much of that offense relied on him having to do his video game stuff, you know, out of the pocket. And, uh, you know, they went and they got Rondale Moore. They went and they got A.J. Green. They double, you know, double-barreled the backfield, James Conner and Chase Edmonds. I think they plan on utilizing a lot more of the surrounding talent this year. It's not just going to be Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins this year. And I just think it's going to impact his rushing upside significantly because I think the quarterback's motivated to make that happen. Man, you guys, you're with your negative takes, are just reaching, <laughs> reaching with these negative takes. Derek Henry, here's the thing. A hundred rush attempts gets him 600 yards. That, that's the thing. Like, ah, I, I can't, I just can't. A hundred rush attempts in 17 games gets him 600 yards. And that's the thing. It's 5.8 and 6.2 is two yards in the league. So average out to six, yeah, somewhere around there. <laughs> I, yep. ooh, if you would have said like 700 after just running for eight and change, I would have well, been like, I gotta okay, be cool, bold. I gotta I know, be bold. That's not bold enough. <laughs> That's not bold enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't get behind this one. I see the argument for it. I, I definitely see where you're coming from and the rationale behind it, but I, I can't get on board with the 600. Well, I'm just saying because we he had a rookie season where he played a full season and had 500 yards. And so I'm kind of saying, well, he's going to be more than that, but he's not going to be. I think we've seen his high water mark in the NFL at 800. It was, I mean, it was his rookie season. It was like, what was it, 550? He barely fell short, too, and now he's got the extra game. I just, uh, I I can't do it. This is perfect. This is what we're, if if he survives to play the extra game, yeah. Mm. (laughs) No, 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 you don't get to throw the caveat out there. Under 600 yards, he plays three games. (laughs) I I told you. I'm I'm factoring in injury risk as well. I think he's one of the higher injury risk quarterbacks in the league because of the way he plays. We're doing this right because if we're if we're saying bold but believable, it should be. I see the argument, but right. I think you're an idiot. Right, right. I mean that's yeah. that's that's what bold. That's how I you mean, do. That's bold, pretty much my life. So uh, <laughs> I see the argument. So that's going to be my I T-shirt. <laughs> I see your argument, but you're an idiot. 
I should have wore my <laughs> freaking one from Rick and Morty that says I'm not arguing. I'm just telling you why I'm right. I should have wore that T-shirt today. <laughs> that would have been perfect, actually, for this show. I see your argument, Jake, for Jalen Hurts as a top five QB. Tell us why you're not an idiot. Uh, because unlike Brandon's concern, he is running. He's not going to stop running because that is, and you know, unlike Kyler Murray, he hasn't even talked about wanting to run less because that's just who he is. Kyler Mur- or Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray's rushing upside is Jalen Hurts and then some. So I think Jalen Hurts could actually get close to being a nine if he really just runs his like, to his heart's content. I mean, we could be talking about a thousand rushing yards, but let's even just give him the eight hundred for Kyler Murray. And that's why I was going back to that. 800 by Kyler Murray. I've said this time and again. You take Daniel Jones' miserable season last year, more interceptions than like most of the league, and even the fact that he didn't finish the season. No passing yards, didn't even throw for 3,000 passing yards, didn't even throw for 15 touchdowns. Terrible passing season. You give him 800 yards and seven rushing touchdowns, he's QB 10. So if Jalen Hurts can just throw for 3,200 yards and 22 touchdowns-ish, and he runs for 800 yards and seven touchdowns, he's top five. That's just how fantasy works. I think the boldest thing you just said there was the, the passing numbers for Hurts. <laughs> <laughs> 3,222? That, that's nothing. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I would probably bet the under on the 22. Uh, the 3,200, that's uh, maybe. Again, I don't – we'll see. I'm not a – I'm just yeah, – I'm not a huge Jalen Hurts fan, but I, I understand the whole – how the whole rushing – 22 touchdowns under on 22? That's a bold prediction right there. <laughs> under 22 touchdowns? Well, you should slap that on the list. All right. There you go. Yeah, one, it, one and 1.2 touchdowns per game. Yeah. Right. That wow. would be, that would, even that would, that would go over. That would go over. It would be like one point. We don't one like flat numbers, though. Give me 22 and a half and I'll take the under. We can't go flat number there. <laughs> yeah. No, there's no, no fun without a hook. You got to have that in there. Um, guys, we've talked about Joe Burrow, I think, on maybe every single episode of this show this summer. So why make this one any different? Give me Joe Burrow. 5,300 yards. Now, 5,300 maybe seems a little bit strange, but there's a 17th game this season, right? So, five a 5,000-yard, this is this is the 5,000-yard pace over 16 games extrapolated to 17 games. So, basically what I'm saying is he's going to play at that 5,000-yard pace that we uh, just know in our heads innately, but then we're going to add the 17th game so he gets to 5,300 yards. I mean, we've made the case time and time and time again. This team is has a bad defense. Joe Burrow is great. They want to throw the ball. Three great receivers. Joe Mixon more involved in the passing game. Add it all up. Joe Burrow is going to have a monster statistical season. Give me 5,300 passing yards, and he leads the league in passing yards also, which uh, plus 2,000 with our partners at BetMGM. So if you want to get some nice juicy 20-1 to 1 odds to have something to cheer for all season, Joe Burrow leading the league in passing yards uh, can it do it. I, I know that we're all basically on board with this in general. We all like Joe Burrow. We all have Joe Burrow in our respective flex leagues. It was the one guy who we all shared in those flex leagues. So Joe Burrow is basically the representative player of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. If he has a good season, all three of us are going to end up feeling pretty good about that. And if he has a good season, if he has the season we're expecting, Tyler Boyd's probably going to have something to do with that in a big way. And Brandon, you've got a bold prediction saying that Tyler Boyd's maybe going to have a bigger role in it than a lot of people are expecting. Yeah, I actually have him as my bold prediction, leading this team in receptions and receiving yards. And I just, 
I feel like what's going to end up happening is the attention on the outside with Higgins and Chase is going to end up giving Tyler Boyd ownership of the middle of the field where it will be right in Joe Burrow's wheelhouse. Um, and I, that's just I, – I, look, at. I mean, th- we've seen Tyler Boyd and Joe, Joe Burrow work really well together already, and I just think it's um, – it's bold. I, mean, I think you could cut this receiving core three different ways, but if I'm the way I'm at right now is like, yeah, I'm still putting my money on T Higgins as the best fantasy value, but I'm having a really hard time not wanting to take Tyler Boyd over Jamar Chase in in drafts. So that's kind of where I'm at. Do I hundred one hundred percent believe this? No. No, but do I think it's possible? <laughs> yes, I absolutely do. I wouldn't bat one eyelash if this came true. Yeah, that's right. I don't know. I was doing like that whole gif with the guy sitting there that looking at the computer that makes the weird face like, hmm, what am I looking at? And then, oh, I can see it. No, maybe I can't because it wasn't even that. It was the fact that you've been such the T. Higgins stan, so to speak, yeah. for that. I was like, I was surprised that it was the Tyler Boyd. And that's why I was like, oh, well, Brandon's going with Tyler Boyd now. What's going on? But yeah, no, I, I didn't throw in touchdowns either. And I, you know, and if I'm doing yeah. this, I'm saying T. Higgins is close. And then in the touchdown swing it to his way and all that. And so. I'm with you. I think we've talked about this a lot on the show with Joe Burrows. The fact that I can see all three of them being what we just saw with the Panthers. You know, yeah. it's and if yep. nothing else, it could be like somebody starts the season hot, then disappears while it's somebody else. And then the roller coaster of the ride is Jamar Chase or something like that. But yeah, I think the point is, is that Boyd's the value here in terms of in, in the yeah. draft, right? Where you're having to kind of take Higgins and Chase. I don't know. Where- Chase is all of a sudden going in the 30s now because everybody's just watching. He's yeah. dropping. He in, had the lead in, balloon in effect, the, the reverse helium going on. Yep. Drop drops and We're, not not gaining separation. Just I know those well, you guys kind of ignored ignored my dad joke there, so that yeah, we can continue. <laughs> I totally missed it. I what said he's. It? I, said, I said I said he's dropping in ADP. I oh. paused. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. It's a little too literal though. <laughs> you, have to, you have to more like uh, like David Caruso CSI emphasize the dropping. Yeah, you gotta be like. He's dropping are way over there. He's dropping <laughs> in a put it on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Let's uh, let's let's move on to another wide receiver prediction, uh, and we're going to get you guys going at one another because a little earlier in the show, uh, Brandon said he just wants nothing to do with the Las Vegas receiver group. Jake, you want very much something to do with at least one of those Las Vegas receivers. Tell us who. Tell us why. Are we skipping my fourth ball prediction? Or are we coming back around to it? We're, I, I don't know what, what, what order you sent them to me, but I promise you we're getting them all. Okay. I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure we get to that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah. The, the Henry Ruggs is a top 25 wide receiver. Again, bold. This is super bold. But what it really comes down to is something, if anybody's listened to past podcasts on this very network, like this is not going to be, I'm going to be repeating myself. So you can just fast forward for about a minute and just come back. But it comes down to Henry Ruggs as a talent coming out of college was there. This is why the Raiders took him when they did. There was arguments at the time whether or not he should be the first, second, third, fourth wide receiver in that draft class. Obviously, hindsight, everybody's like, oh, they should have taken Justin Jefferson. And about the point being is there's a reason that people saw the talent. And part of the reason that the Raiders took him and actually, and I'm not saying this to be like, ha ha, I actually mocked them to take rugs because of the fit, because of what they were looking for outside versus inside versus like that Tyreek Hill role. And that's what surprised some people. And I'm not saying he's Tyreek Hill, but that's the role he fills. He was pushed outside because Edwards got hurt and Nelson Aguilar became a thing and took his job in the slot role, somewhat playing outside. And he wasn't ready for that period. He wasn't ready to be a number one period. A lot of 
rookie wide receivers are not ready to be the number ones in the NFL with the defensive attention that comes with it, mm-hmm. period. So Edwards wasn't ready. As Brandon, like the Edwards wasn't ready for that either. He was raw. Now both of them are looking so good, and deservedly so because they are both great talents, that John Brown became expendable, asked for his release, and they granted it because he wasn't even going to be on the top unit. And Henry Ruggs, with that big playability, and you just get a few of those throws that Derek Carr missed last year, and they get on the same page that they weren't as a rookie, which is understandable. That's why when you have no preseason and you have no time together and you can't get on the same page to learn your timing and you hit some of those deep balls, Henry Ruggs' top 25 is, what do we say here? 70 catches, 1,100 yards, and six touchdowns gets him there? And I think that's doable. Yeah, I mean, the Raiders have been bottom three in, in wide receiver catches each of the last two years. Uh, I, I'm, Name like I the said, wide I, receivers. <laughs> That's the Yeah, thing. I know. Um, I, I can buy into Ruggs a little bit Henry more. Henry Ruggs than Ed- and Brian Edwards last year? Yeah, um, and Nelson Aguilar. Don't forget about him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Got himself a nice contract with somehow with some he like sure for, 40-some catches, but um, – <laughs> yeah, I combine to rugs because they are going to give you're going to use them differently and because Gruden's motivated to not have, you know, egg on his face for for the the high draft pick of rugs. I mean, the other receivers in that class are, have been showing out and rugs hasn't done anything. So, I think they are motivated. That's that's a good point. That yeah. if anybody like out of the coaches in the NFL of you put a top 5 list of people that don't want to be proven wrong. Right, exactly. <laughs> I I mean, that's why I combine to rugs more than Edwards, but um you know, I I I was going to have my bold prediction, and I I said it's going to be Kenyon Drake getting sixty catches, but I was going to say Kenyon Drake is the number two, uh, you know, uh, receiver on the team behind Darren Waller. So, um, but I you know I can get down with Rugs being much better than he was last year. Does that mean you're drafting Rugs? I mean, at ADP, if you think no. he can be much better, the the ADP is very affordable. It's dirt cheap. I've, is it still? Because yeah. I feel like it's starting to move up. Nah, I mean, I, still, I think he's, so. He's even, yeah, let's even see. Last, got, this past week, he's in a normal league, still in that almost undrafted range. I think he's a. I think he's a great, great last one or two. Uh, you know, the last couple rounds of your draft flyer. I think he's great because there's upside. I've got there. a couple of different ADP sources pulled up. I've got the NFFC. Obviously, we know that's different, but I just wanted something that was easy to. select you know recent dates and so since august 24th he's actually up to 126 overall in adp in those leagues that has him sandwiched in between justin fields and johnny smith um obviously that's a different group of uh of people who are drafting in those leagues by the joe public adp and again we can't really um you know we can't narrow this down to recent dates but you have him at 132 overall wide receiver 52 yeah, I'm probably – I mean, if I'm looking at my ranks, I think I'm like mid to late 50s at the wide receiver spot, so I might be a hair below ADP. You know, if you're if you're really into numerology, the fact that he's wide receiver 52 by ADP and Jake has him as a top 25 <laughs> wide receiver maybe is a sign. He's saying yeah, Jake's yeah. got it backwards? <laughs> that's, that's exactly what he's talking about. I've actually got Henry Ruggs as wide receiver 44, so there you go. Yeah, which has to put you higher than most at 44. Uh, It's actually 12 and 8 over ADP to do the quick numerology math there for you. (laughs) (laughs) We need need a numerology metric somewhere in the the fantasy football world. I mean, the 12 over consensus has the 2 in there, so there you go. I am 55. I just looked it up, so. Oh, there's more fives in there. uh, Everybody go go play a pick four with twos and fives. There you go. (laughs) 
<laughs> I do not promote let gambling. Me, uh, let me see where I am on Henry Ruggs. That way. Come on, come on, come on. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Ruggs. I'm at. I'm actually the lowest out of us. I'm at wide receiver 59 on him right now. So uh, I'm just. Uh, I'm just sort Why of. I'm, I'm with Brandon. Where hate. like I know. I know Waller's going to do a ton in that passing game, and then. I don't know if I even want to bother trying to figure out what the rest of that passing There's game still is. There's still 3,000 yards. <laughs> I know, but I'm, but I'm just it's one of those situations where like do I want to do I want to fight through figuring this out when there are so many No, the answer is no, the answer is right in front of you. Ah, the answer should be self-evident. Jake is saying with Henry Ruggs as the yeah. top 25 wide receiver, bold prediction. Look, you know, one wide receiver group that I do feel the answer is self-evident is the one that's in Chicago. Allen Robinson, very, very, very clearly the number one. Darnell Mooney, very, very, very clearly the number two. And I think that that status for those two guys and the fact that there's not a ton else in the passing game means that this can be a top five wide receiver duo this season. I'm talking fantasy production, half PPR leagues, Allen Robinson plus Darnell Mooney, a top five wide receiver duo. And when you just hear that, maybe you think, eh, it's not so bold. You're not saying they're the number one or yes, the top three, but <laughs> think about the Dallas guys. Think about the Seattle guys. Think about the Cincinnati guys. Think about, yeah, right, I mean, Tampa, Minnesota. right? I mean, right there, it seems like, yeah, right, the, right. There's a there are a lot of Minnesota, good wide receiver Pittsburgh. duos in this league, so... Yeah, exactly. There you boom, we're doing it right there. There's six. There's six Rams. right there off the bat. So to punch to the Rams, there's seven. All right. <laughs> to punch into the top I feel like we said Minnesota three times I, now. Yeah. But Did to we? punch into the top five, it's not it's not, and then you could even I mean you Say Did we like, say Tampa Bay like and Carolina? Calvin Ridley plus <laughs> Yeah, said, did not say Carolina, did say Tampa Bay. So can't uh, Carolina makes an eighth. Right, and then you could say like Tyree Kill and McCole Hardman, like right? Like, oh no, I was going to say, do we include, do we, yeah, say do we include tight ends as receiver duos? Because <laughs> I am not including tight ends as receiver okay. duos, but All of right. course, then you could then you can get crazy. But no, I'm not. I'm not trying to fight against Tyreek and Travis Kelsey or even Calvin Ridley and and Kyle Pitts, maybe. But anyways, I think with the way that these two guys are just going to own the pet, like these two guys, this could be like a Minnesota situation where it's the two top receivers and then like scraps for everyone else in the passing game. I think it could be like that. And excuse me, the the argument for Allen Robinson, self-evident. We know exactly what Allen Robinson is with Darnell Mooney. You know, last year I've made this point with him a couple of times, but just to reiterate it, you're talking about a guy who came in as a rookie, no OTAs, no mini camp, no real training camp, no exhibition season. First time he plays a real NFL game is a literal real NFL game in week one. He's got Mitch Trubisky, and Nick Foles is his quarterbacks, arguably the worst quarterback situation in the league, and certainly a bottom three quarterback situation in the league. We've all seen the highlights of him getting wide open, him blowing guys off the line, and balls sailing over his head, balls missing him five yards to the left or the right. And he still gave you 61, 631, and four touchdowns. And he did that with all of those things working against him. So if you give this team better quarterback play, which they are certainly going to have, you give them a better offensive line, which they are not certainly going to have, but uh, it's a low bar to clear from what the team had last season. And you give them complete or as close to literal complete ownership of a passing game as two pass catchers can have. I think we could see them get their way into the top five. So I think we see a monster top five brand of season from Allen Robinson. And I think a a best case scenario for Darnell Mooney has him in that low end wide receiver two group. The thing that obviously works against this is what's the volume of the Bears passing game as a total. That's obviously what works against this here. For this to happen, when does Andy Dalton have to not be the starter anymore? Week two. (laughs) Week two. Week two. Week two. (laughs) 
Week two. And, and you know what and I, I love about Darnell Mooney? The thing I love about Darnell Mooney is he has all the excuses there that a Brian Edwards could have. Yet he doesn't need those excuses because he actually he wrote he you know he went out and he just was productive. So like I love yeah. that about Mooney, and that's why I'm kind of just like buying in on him that he's he gets all the hyperbole that Brian Edwards does, but he actually went out on the field, didn't need the excuses, went out and and was productive, and no one was expecting it. Yeah, this is bold and believable for me, for sure. And I think that the nice thing about this one is that even if they fall short, and I think that the Bears the Bears' passing volume is definitely the big mark against this one uh, happening, this is going to lead you to good draft process. Because if you have Allen Robinson at cost or you have Darnell Mooney at cost, you're going to be very happy. And I would even say, especially for Robinson, if you reach a little bit above ADP, you're going to be very happy with the player that you get. Jake, you want to chime in on this at all? No, I just you're gonna love the shirt that I'm getting put together. If I could get it finished, oh. I'm having somebody help me make a T-shirt related to Darnell Mooney. So you'll love that. Oh, That's a hint. That's boy. a preview for when that happens. Do I get it for free? No, I'm not. It's I'm paying to make it myself. I'm not selling. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna buy you. And actually, if you want to give me money, I'll get a second one from. Oh, the <laughs> I thought this was like a. I, I thought this was like a RotoWare situation, and you were hooking us up with some like. No, RotoWare legitimately can't do it because RotoWare can't do anything NFL wise because the NFL comes after him hardcore. Even when he did the Spider Man pointing oh, at each other without even names on the jerseys, and it wasn't like it's cartoon. So it was like even he even got a cease and desist for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the MLB that they've got the full uh, the full yeah. licensing for. But anyway, I, I, I'm I'm excited to see this Moody shirt. Not maybe friendly I'll, league. Maybe I'll. Uh, yeah, exactly. Maybe I'll um maybe I'll just have to uh copy you or ask you to uh to double it up for me. But uh, give me Robinson and Mooney as a top 5 wide receiver duo. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, guys, one more prediction apiece. This is the one that sort of nothing really fit together all that well, but the fact is these are big-name players that we're all getting into. So, Jake, this is the one that you were talking about, your fourth prediction 
I suppose. It's Najee Harris, top five running back. Let's hear it. Volume is king. How many times do we have to say volume is king? <laughs> but let's also talk about Najee Harris, the talent. <laughs> talent is also king, especially when it comes to running backs and being able to take situations over. I mean, this is why we're talking about Javante Williams potentially already having the lead with Denver, and that why a lot of people are on board with stashing Michael Carter. And oh, young, talented running backs are the easiest path to take over their position, let alone somebody that's drafted in the first round, let alone somebody who's going to a team who loves one running back only. Anthony McFarland just got put mm -hmm. on the IR, which at least the first three games, and it's a mysterious injury. So you're going to tell me that we're worried about Kalen Balaj and Betty Snell? No, because we're talking about Najee Harris versus those guys is one of the biggest talent gaps of any running back backfield in the NFL. We're talking about somebody who is probably going to be top five or should be top five, along with Christian McCaffrey, Zeke, and others that are that 80% of the time on the field, if not 90% for Harris. And then what does it come down to? Most of the time, if you score double-digit touchdowns, you're inside the top 10. Most of the time, also inside the top five. Aaron Jones, the past two years, if you just look at him, if you go back to the argument that you guys yep. are making for Aaron Jones, he's been in the top five for the past two years. He only ran for nine touchdowns last year, and Harris is a good pass catcher. So 300-plus touches, double-digit touchdowns, workload galore, talent situation, opportunity, it all comes into play, and Najee Harris being in the top five would not surprise me at all. Yeah, I think this is your least bold, you know, prediction of all. <laughs> I mean, you talk about it. Volume is going to be so massive that it, you know, less bold some... than Hurts. You didn't want to give Hurts twenty-two touchdowns. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, no, I just think you're right. I mean, anybody that's getting that kind of volume has has got a really good puncher's chance of getting into the top five. There's just no doubt about it. Yeah, and we know he's going to get that. And I think that he, I was beating the drum on the offensive line concerns a little earlier in the summer. And even now, after sort of thinking about it a little bit deeper, those are those are real, but probably a tiny bit overstated if the volume is going to be there in the way that we are 99.9% .9 certain it is going well, to be Well, just look at last year. Nazi David Montgomery and James Robinson, both top 10 running backs yeah, on terrible exactly. offensive lines. Exactly. Yep, mm -hmm. exactly. So a little bit overstated. They're real. But they're not going to totally submarine uh, a season, especially when Najee Harris is going to get the volume that he is going to get. I'm going to go next, Brandon, because I've got a running back also, and then you can wrap us up. Uh, give me Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 1,500-plus yards from scrimmage. I mean, he got to 1,100 last year, and everyone wants to count it as a disappointing season. As we've said multiple times on this show, it was disappointing relative to his ADP after Damian Williams dropped out of last year, but not disappointing Actually, he was a very productive guy, and as Jake has made the point many times, before Le'Veon Bell got there, someone who was playing like an RB1 at a production level. So I think this year, you know, Daryl Williams, I'm not really concerned about that type of competition. I think he takes over that backfield in a, a way that they didn't necessarily let him do last year, and is very clearly the 1-2-3 with Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey in this offense. So I think we could easily be looking at a season of something like 1200 rushing yards and 300 receiving yards. Uh, give me that Clyde Edwards Hilaire, 1500 plus yards from scrimmage this season, a guy who is ending up on a lot of my teams. Cause you're paying still that high end RB two price for a guy who I think is going to be an RB one and controlling a backfield on what is maybe the best offense in the league. Uh, what do you guys say about this one? What do you got on this, Jake? Uh, to steal from Brandon, this is your least bold prediction that you've made yet tonight. So there you go. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I like it a bit. Brandon, finish us off here. What's your last bold prediction on this episode? 
Uh, I think it's Matt Stafford kind of doing Joe Burrow things with uh, 5,000 plus yards. Look at Jared Goff at, at his best in this offense was 4,600 yards. You get an extra game. You get a golden armed Matt Stafford, a guy that, that Sean McVay went out and got, and they couldn't get rid of Jared Goff fast enough. Um, you know, a lot of it, you, you heard a lot about how it was kind of like McVay puppet mastering Jared Goff. And a lot of the, a lot of the narrative now is that Matt Stafford can come to the line of scrimmage and he doesn't need, he doesn't need that, that tutoring and that hand holding that Jared Goff needs. So I, I think the backfield with Cam Akers going down is probably leading them into a little bit more volume as well overall. And that's kind of mm-hmm. now the clear strength of the offense. So, um, yeah, as this is basically a 300 yards per game pace, and I think he can hit that. So uh, I'm with you. I mean, I'm uh, you know I, I think Stafford's going to join Burrow in the 5,000 yard club, and we might get another quarterback or two if they stay healthy in that mix as well. Well, there's your theme, Mike. Maybe the theme is that nobody had a bold prediction to finish the show. So there you go. It's all <laughs> it's, it's our least bold predictions combined. There you go. Least bold predictions combined. Do this for us, Jake. Take this 5,000 yards and translate that into Robert Woods and Cooper Cup production for us off the top of your head. Uh, I mean, really, it's not that much further. That's why it's at least I have 4,700 yards for Stafford. So you add 300 yards. It's not even going to do much for Cup and Woods. It would just bump them into two or three more spots up the wide receiver ranks. And I already have both of them as top 20 wide receivers. So Can I, can I throw something out? Because I get this little voice deep in my sub. No, Deshaun Jackson. Like, what if Deshaun Jackson plays 14 or 15 games? What, just uh, what if? Let's, let's play the what if. I, I'll give you the what if. What if you could predict the five good games you get in those 15 games? No, I know, but, like, is he even going in best balls? Because that's where he belongs, Oh, obviously. my God, everybody's good in best ball. But, no, I know it's just, in best ball, sure. I've actually yeah. taken him in best ball for that reason. If he stays healthy, it's because then you don't have to predict the five mm-hmm. good games. But, hey, DFS, there you go, DFS and best ball, Deshaun Jackson for life. No, really what it comes down to is if he throws for 5,000 yards, uh, this wasn't even on my list of bold predictions because I didn't feel like it was this bold, but this makes my bold prediction of Tyler Higby a top 10 tight end a lock if he's thrown for 5,000 yards. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. He's got to get in more involved for sure and did just reason to buy that Rams offense and a lot of reason to buy that Rams passing game. Sean McVay teaming up with Matthew Stafford. Another one that you would love to find investment in. Another one that maybe finishes behind Darlin Robinson plus Darnell Mooney getting them into the top five and that <laughs> That, my friends, is how we end. And I, I was, you know what? Actually, here's how we're going to end the show. I've Brandon's got, like, the best shirt on that we've seen all season <laughs> on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. And I saw it right when he was signed on. And I wanted to go. say something. There but then go. I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to find a way to weave it into the show. But I, I didn't. So I'll just leave us by saying there's always money in the banana stand. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Season begins next week. Next Monday, when the three of us are back with you, we will have still a little bit more of a preseason feel to the show, but that'll be the last one. Next Thursday, when the three of us are back on Thursday once again, that is going to be week one ranking. So get excited. For Jake, for Brandon, I am Michael Beller. We are back with you on Monday. The three of us, this show returns on Friday. Me, Vic Tafer, and Zach Jackson talking some more NFL futures. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. Can't wait for the season to begin. We'll